This morning, I'd like us to turn over to the book of Job. A book of Job. And uh, we're going to talk about a woman in, in this book, and you, you can probably figure out which woman we're going to talk about. Uh, because there's not very many women in here, uh, other than the daughters of Job, and we're not talking about them. Uh, but we're talking about Job's wife. And uh, I heard a pastor say about Job's wife one time uh, that, uh, you know, we, we, we only get to see the worst thing that she ever said. And uh, again, you know, he was bringing that to light. He's like, just think about this for a second. If you were to be known for the worst thing you ever said in your life, would anybody ever associate with you? I mean, just think about that for a moment. Uh, that's a very convicting statement. But what we know about uh, Job's wife is that she was a woman in crisis. And if I if I had to give a label to this message, I would just simply call it a woman in crisis. And I guarantee you, if you're going to be uh, a mother in this life, you're going to have times of crisis. Trouble's going to come. Okay, the wind and the waves and the, the rain and all of that and the waters, the floods, that's all going to come. It's not an if, it's a when. There'll be tough times, there will be hard times, there'll be very difficult times. And we find a woman in probably one of the most difficult times of her life. And she's only known for what she said. She's only known for what she said. And I wanted to just kind of take a look here at some of the things that we know about Job's wife. Before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for our time and our opportunity to be here. And Lord, I thank you again for what you've given to us in your word. Thank you again, Lord, for my mother and uh, her uh, desire to continue to teach and uh, teach me. And Lord, I just pray you would uh, continue to be with her and guide her and direct her in her life. But Lord, I pray for each mother that is here this morning. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, guide and direct them in the past so that they can teach other children, and uh, whether they're grown up or whether they're still young. Thank you again for my wife, who has been a diligent mother to our two daughters, and I pray, Lord, that uh, our two daughters would have a desire to be a godly mother uh, like theirs. I thank you again for this uh, time and this message that you've given to us. I pray, Lord, that it would just be pleasing and honoring unto you, and that we would have this time and opportunity, Lord, to really reflect on our lives, whether we're male or female, but uh, Lord, to really truly see uh, what it means to go through the crisis, and Lord, to keep our integrity. Thank you again for all that you've done for us, and this I ask and pray in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we have this uh, situation where in Job chapter 1, in verse 1, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, a very great household, so that this man was greatest of all the men in the east. Job had a status in his life. Job was at a point where he was, if you will, at the top of his game. 
Here he is, uh, a person as we go through the book of Job and you see he was very, uh, generous. He gave to those that need, were in need. All of these things that we see about Job and what Job's life was like. He was very, you know, obviously a shrewd businessman. Uh, he, he had all of these, uh, the, these things that were given unto him by God. Uh, he had this wisdom. And obviously he had a wife that, uh, um, was there that, uh, gave him ten children. Seven sons and three daughters. And, and you see his devotion about, uh, um, what uh, he he did for his children, and in verse four it says, "And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone in his day." So obviously they're older; they're out of the house. They're out of the house, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. They're 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 being good brothers. They're being good brothers. And praise God for that. And when it was so, when the day of their feasting were gone about, Job sent and sanctified them, rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons and daughters have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This Job did continually. He cared about his kids. He cared about his kids. I have no reason to think otherwise, but, you know, this is, if you will, conjecture, supposition um, in my part. But I, I think his wife was involved in that. I don't think his wife was uh, just some mean, nasty woman. I think she was a woman that loved her kids the same that Job loved them. I think she was involved in their lives, and I think that uh, uh, you know she had helped with the family business, and she was a good, faithful, dutiful wife, um, and uh, that she loved the Lord too. But then someday, one, one day, just everything just went wrong. One day, everything just fell apart. Maybe you'll experience that in your life. Maybe you have experienced that in your life. Where, where just There's a period of time where you just look at, at what's going on in your life, and you just go, it is just, everything is shattered. Everything is just, it just sprawled over the floor. It's like somebody just took a 500 pound bomb, dropped it in a building and there's rubble and debris everywhere. And we look at this and we see that, that, you know, Job and his status, he had this great family. He had these great riches. Uh, his place that he had, if you will, his status was that he was the greatest of the men of the East. I mean, that, that, that is, that is something to say. You know, every now and then these people will get like, oh, hey, I want employee of the month. You know, uh, okay, all right. This is an employee of the month. This is man of the land. This is, this is, this is the guy that everybody looks to. This is the guy that everybody sees and goes to for advice and for counsel and for wisdom and, 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 you know, and, you know, just some help because we find that Job loved God. And I'm sure that came forth. And just when you, when people see that in a person's life, people will naturally gravitate towards that. People found out that I was a Christian in, uh, um, in my workplaces, they would start coming and asking me advice. Well, why is that? Because they wanted something that they knew was going to be true. 
They wanted something that knew was going to be solid and firm. Job's wife was included in that. She's, she is, she is the wife of the greatest man of the East. Do you think she lived a testimony that exemplified that? I believe so. I believe so. Because he wouldn't have been the greatest man of the, uh, of the East if his wife was horrible. Like I said this morning with like John Wesley's wife, Molly, it's like, ugh, dragging him around by his hair in the house. That's crazy. That's crazy. But here, you know, he, he, he lived a life that exemplified God, and I believe she did too. Their devotion and their trust, and I don't think he would have tolerated that. I, I, I don't think that that would have been allowed in the household, especially if he's fearful that in his children's household, that they are doing something that may have accidentally cursed God in their testimony. And he's even saying in their hearts, stuff that's not even you know shown openly, but to curse God in their blessings, their bountifulness, all that they have. But the crisis comes, and we see in this, you know, that happens in this chapter, we start seeing a loss. We see it starts here in, in uh, you know, obviously Satan's talking with, with, uh, with God, and he comes as an accuser, and, and he, he comes and says that, that Job will curse you to your face if you just give him a little bit of affliction. Well, this isn't a little bit of affliction because we find in verse 13, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house and there came a messenger under Job and said the oxen were plowing and feeding uh, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabins fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. I and I only am escaped to tell thee alone. And there's where it starts. There's a big chunk of his wealth gone. And it just gets worse. And while he was yet speaking, there came another also and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I am escaped alone, alone to tell thee. That means that Satan can call fire from heaven. Remember what I was saying about him being powerful? Can you do that? And it says, and while I was yet speaking, there also came another, and, uh, excuse me, in verse, uh, yeah, in verse 17, and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away, yea, <coughs> and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee. So all of a sudden, he's now looking at, he is completely destitute. He's got nothing. But he's got his family. But he's got his family. While well, yet speaking, there came another. All, uh, there came also another, and said, "Thy sons and daughters were drinking, were eating and drinking uh, wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. In one foul swoop." One of the important things of 
Job and Job's wife's life was gone. Not one of them remained. I mean, this is, there's a lot of death. There's servants dying that I'm sure Job cared about. The sheep were burned up with the servants that I'm sure he cared about. And now his family, his sons and his daughters, they're gone. You can't replace that. You can't go, I mean, you, you, you can try to rebuild the wealth, but how do you how do you go about doing that with sons and daughters that are now gone? That's a huge loss. That's a huge loss. But we find that you know Job's standing with God is is, is part of that status that made him one of the greatest men. It wasn't all about the things that he had, but it was the fact that he still trusted God with his life, still trusted him implicitly. Even in the loss of all of this, he goes in, in, in verse 22, after all of this, it's, in verse 21, it says, uh, or excuse me, back up to verse 20, then Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return hither. And the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Nor charged God foolishly. I want you to keep that in mind. What's the first thing that happens is he begins to realize, oh man, I just lost everything. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When, when you just had your last crisis come into your life, was your first response to say, praise God? Was your first response to, be, to, to say, blessed be the name of the Lord? I know he's doing what he's, he needs to do. I know what's, he, he's got this covered. I'm not worried about this. I'm just going to go ahead and just keep trusting God. Was that your first response? I'll tell you this. Several, several times in my life, that was not my first response. You, you, you got a doctor who walks in and says, hey, you got to have surgery to get a cancer out. My first response wasn't, oh, praise God. My first response was, dude. You just said two big, nasty, scary words. But you know, in the end, no cancer. Surgery went fine. Praise the Lord for that. Next surgery didn't go so well. I had to have another surgery after that and still have some issues from that. But I'm still not going to charge God foolishly. I'm not going to act like he doesn't care. I'm not going to act like he's uh, not aware. I'm not going to act like he's not around. And that's what a fool does. The foolish mindset is the mindset where there is, uh, the fool says there is no God. The, the foolish mindset for a believer would be to say, well, God doesn't care about my situation. Why is God doing this to me? What, 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 you know, all of these things that we begin to manifest in our mind and, and if you will, create imaginations and, and, and if you will, theories and, and plans and all of this. And it just, after a while, you just drive yourself mad. You act like a fool. 
The fool is the person that doesn't care anymore. The fool is the person that's just like, I'm done. I'm done living. And I have said that many times in my life. You know, some of this health stuff, I've just flat out said, I'm done. Just because it's just after a while, you're like, I do not want to go in for another CT, and I do not want to go in for that test, and I don't want to go in for this test, and I, I just want it to be over. I'm just done. But I know it's got to get done. But I certainly am not going to charge God in it. I'm not going to curse him. But what we find here is if we go over to chapter 2, we find that in, 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 in chapter 2, things just go get worse. You're like, well, how much worse could it get? Well, now Job's got boils all over his body. I'm not trying to be gross or disgusting or anything, but do you know what a boil is? Boil is, 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 is like your worst pimple times a million. Large bumps all over your body that are filled with uh, putrefaction. And they itch and they burn so bad. And you wind up scratching them and getting them more infected. And it gets to a point of where they just start oozing stuff and you have to scrape it out. And he goes and what does he do? He gets a piece of pottery and he does that. Yum. That, 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 that just sounds horrible. And I, look, he didn't afflict him with a cancer. He didn't afflict him with any of those things. Uh, he, none of that. He got afflicted with something that, you know, in modern day society, we can take care of that. But these are all over his body. These are all over his body. And it, 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 it goes through and it says it's uh, in verse 7. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. You know, the devil can attack your flesh. Yeah. And you know what? He does. Yeah. He does. You try living for Jesus Christ and all of a sudden you're like, why am I getting a cold? Why, 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 why am I getting health issues? Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's us. I mean, you know, we smoked 17 cartons a day and wonder why we got lung cancer. You know, that might be your own doing. I don't believe that was the devil. But you understand what I'm saying is, is the devil has the power and the ability to do that. This is, this is a serious crisis here. And he, he does this. He goes down. He sits among the ashes. He's humbling himself. He's humbling himself. And all of this, in verse 9, his wife shows up. Her name isn't given. Nothing else about her is given. There's a lot of, like I said, speculation that we can assume. And, and, and again, I can look at this and I can see that you know, obviously, I don't see anything prior to this that was negative about Job's wife. I think this was just something where she was in the middle of this crisis, and she says these words. In verse 9, it says, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. She's done. She's done. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. I think he's shocked. 
I don't think those type of words ever came out of her mouth. And now here he is, he's saying this, and he's, he's, he's looking at this, and he's saying, your speech is different. He says, what? Shall, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In this, in all this, jo- uh, did not Job sin with his lips? And then his three friends show up to really cheer him up. Yeah. But this is all that's said about, about Job's wife. Recognized for the worst thing that she ever said. But why? Because she was in the middle of a crisis. I mean, she's in the middle of a mental, emotional, and spiritual crisis. She isn't afflicted by any of this at this point in time as far as physical health goes. But I will tell you this, she's heartbroken. She's destroyed. She's devastated. And the one that that Satan was trying to get to curse God, Job, the other one is is, is now joining that rank and trying to get Job to do that. And I don't think she realized that she was being used of the devil that way. I think that thought popped up and that thought was there and she's just like, I, I, I'm at my end. Because we see she's in this state. I mean, and we can speculate a lot about this, but I will tell you this, she was probably very discouraged. She was probably seriously depressed. And I would say she had some serious doubts about what was going on and what God was doing. Was God even there? Where was God's protection? They didn't realize that God was there the whole time. She didn't. And she's struggling. She's struggling with that. And the thing that pops into her mind and the thing that winds up being a, a response that she wants to, 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 to give is, is she's just saying, curse God. And she questions his integrity first. Why are you still holding on to God when God hasn't been there for us? Why are you still doing those things and clinging to that religion where you believe what God says when God obviously hasn't, quote unquote, believed in us? I've heard that time and time again from people. Why is it that, 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 that people cling to stuff and people will mock that? They will mock those that cling to the word of God. They will mock those that still say, even in the darkest and deepest times of their life, that they still say, well, I'm still going to trust God. As Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And people will like scoff at it. They'll do the, really? That's all you've got? That's what you go back to? And I don't think she realizes that she's not being very supportive here. I think she's just at the point of where, you know, every, she's lost everything. Why doesn't she just lose the next important thing? Why doesn't she just lose her husband while she's at it? 
Because not only has she lost her family and lost the riches, lost the status, but I believe that she lost her her faith in God. She lost her trust. Why else would she say curse God? Why else would she be speaking foolishly? Like God wasn't there for us. She lost her integrity. You know, you think about that word integrity and we realize, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that are connected to that. There's a lot of, if you will, things that we think about in our mind about what integrity is about. A car has structural integrity. You can't make a car out of cardboard. It's not going to last. They've made cars a lot safer now. And you can run them into the objects and, and still, still, still walk out alive. Uh, missionaries uh, to Papua New Guinea, um, if you remember Chad Wells and uh, Kristen Wells and their family, they were just involved in a drunk driving accident over there just uh, this week. Uh, it was pretty bad. They, they actually should have been dead. But the car, even though it looks like it's just completely trashed in total, um, um, it did its job, kept them alive, kept them safe. There was an integrity about it. You want a building that has integrity. You don't want to go into a building that's, that's, that's made out of material that isn't meant to support weight. I remember we went on a manly man macho mountain mission one time, and so one guy decided he was going to go ahead and build his uh, his uh, tent and where he was going to spend the night. He decided to go and build it out of Tyvek, so he brought a roll of Tyvek up and began to make a, a white cube in the middle of the forest. And everybody was like, what? And we had we, He did it right off the hiking trail, and we had these little old ladies walk by, and they were like, what is that? And I'm like, that's our decontamination chamber. <laughs> they're like looking at us like what are you guys doing out here you know but you know what he got really scared in the middle of the night because in the middle of the night you know what happens the wind comes and the pine cones start falling off and they started hitting that roof and some of the branches started hitting that roof he got really worried about whether or not he was going to die because the stuff that was hitting was pretty big and he was scared why because that thing had no structural integrity had no structural integrity. It wouldn't have been able to hold. Just like there's no structural integrity when we build our life in the sand instead of on the rock of Jesus Christ. It doesn't hold. And to, to a degree, I think maybe there was some of that there in her life that she didn't realize that when these floods came and the rain came and the wind came, that when things began to shift and things began to move, she lost sight of who God is and who God, uh, uh, what God had already done for them and what God could do again. And in the moment, she sinned with her lips. She encouraged sin. She had no trust. She had no faith in God. And just like she had abandoned God, she was looking to Job to do the same thing. You know, the counsel that Job received through all of this was a little bizarre. From his three friends and from his wife, 
Elihu was the only one that actually had some sense in, ta- in him. But in the end, it was the counsel of God that mattered. When God just simply asked, who do you think you are, Job? Just because you're the greatest man in the East, you think what? Bad stuff isn't going to happen? She wanted him to sin. She had mocked his devotion, and now she was like, just, just, just sin and get it over with. And, you know, she just basically gets to a point of where she's just done. And to a, to a bit, I, I wonder if maybe there was a little bit of a bitterness and despising of God in all of this. Because this is what can happen in a crisis. This is what can happen in a crisis. And you know what? She became very accusatory. She says, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God? You know, to a degree, I wonder if, and this is my speculation, you know, my opinion, I just wonder, was she blaming Job for all this? Was she blaming God? That's some tough stuff. That's some tough stuff. But then she says, curse God and die. You know what? There was already so much more death that was there. But now because she had lost her her her, her way and she had lost her trust and she was no longer clinging to those things, she now began to go the way of the people that do not want wisdom in their life. And she began to, if you will, love more death. Hadn't there been enough death already? Servants were dead. Sheep were dead. And now her her sons and daughters are dead. And now she's just like her husband. I want you dead too. I, I tell you, there's something seriously wrong when your spouse comes and says, I want you dead. If that happens in your life, you got to begin to question, what did I do? <laughs> You, you, you have to question the, the, the thinking process. You have to question what's going on. And this is what, where he said, you know, you're speaking as a foolish woman. Why do you want me dead? Why do you want me to curse God who gave me life? But as we go through this, we see that uh, she just became fixated with that. And to a degree, I think that as she called this out, I think she wanted the same thing for herself. Pure speculation, pure opinion. I think maybe she had already cursed God in her heart. And I think she just wanted to die. And I'll tell you, there comes a point in time in your life where when you go through some very difficult things and that thought creeps into your mind of, well, why don't you just die and be over? And I'll tell you, that's a tough thing. That thought creeps up, that suicidal thought, that, that, that thing just, it just, it will, it will occupy your mind and it is a monster and it is a giant that needs to be slayed in your life. And it can only be killed through the power of the word of God. 
And here she is, she's at that stage. She wants him to join. Now I say all of this about her to, to, to kind of get to this point of us realizing that when we go through crisis, we have to be careful about what we say in our hearts. We have to be careful about what we as believers say from our mouth. Job didn't charge God foolishly. Job did not sin with his lips. She did. He was concerned about this, the, this, the, the, the sin in, in his, uh, his children's life. There were some, some pretty, you know, serious things that he was concerned about. Job, Job retained that integrity. He had his own issues. God corrected that and praise the Lord for it. But what we find is we find that in moments of crisis, we're really going to say some dumb stuff. We're going to say some things that are just absolutely ridiculous when we go back and look at them. Ever been in the heat of the moment and say something stupid? Can I get a testimony on that? Yeah, man. We, 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 we've all done it. If you haven't done it, then you probably have not lived past the age of five. <laughs> Either that or you're just like, I'm not going to lift my hand. I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> Praise God, it's under the blood, right? But I'll tell you this. When crisis comes, we have to be careful. But while this is talking about a woman in crisis, I want you to understand one thing about this. That's a pretty hard thing that she said in verse 9. But you know how great God is? Do you, do you realize the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? Here she is in the, in, in the middle of all this, in the middle of a spiritual crisis, in the middle of a mental crisis, in the middle of a foolish, uh, excuse me, emotional crisis, speaking things that are foolish, speaking things that ought not be uttered, Encouraging others to join and counseling them to do the same. You realize that she got blessed. Turn to the last chapter. Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. So Job, Job responds and basically uh, says that he abhors himself and repents in dust and ashes because he realized that there were some there were some things in his life that that when when God revealed that he needed to get taken care of, uh, and he goes and he prays for his three friends because God wasn't having a lot of uh, if you will uh, mercy towards them because of some of the stuff they were saying. Uh, he had mercy in that he didn't strike them dead, but, uh, he basically said, I'm not going to listen to him until you pray for him, Job. You pray for him. And he did. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And, um, 
and uh, we get to this uh, point where in verse 10, uh, it says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. God wasn't going to just take some shallow, hey, I'm going to pray for him and then accept it. No, he actually did it first. And his captivity was was taken away. Also, Lord Job gave twice as much as he had before. So what happens? All the people come out and they begin to give him stuff. All the stuff that they had received before from him, they began to be gracious and they began to be charitable and they began to be uh, compassionate and they began to, you know, give unto Job. And in the end, just like the nation of Israel, when they left Egypt, they wound up spoiling a country without lifting a sword. Here, as a similar picture, you know, with the nation of Israel, when it's all said and done, God gives Israel twice as much as what they deserved. Job gets twice as much here than he had before. And it says here, in, in, in you know, gives all the list of all the stuff that he has. But in verse 13, it says, and he, he says, he had also seven sons and three daughters. Seven sons and three daughters. He got replaced what he had. The beauty of his daughters was unparalleled and unmatched. I heard one pastor talk about that and say, uh, obviously they didn't get it from Job. I mean, I understand he got it from God, but the good looks had to come from somewhere. I mean, think about it. If your daughters look like you, men... I'm just going to say, you guys aren't all the prettiest guys out there, okay? <clears throat> but yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you, you, you may be handsome, but man, you definitely don't want your daughter looking like you, you know? <clears throat> and, and, and there they are, most beautiful daughters of the land, seven sons. I've heard people say, well, God raised them from the dead. I don't think so. I think they had an opportunity to raise those kids again. I think they had an opportunity to tell those kids about how great God was and to teach them. I think they they had ten children that were just absolutely amazing. But you know, it took his wife to help with that. In the end, she got blessed. And and I say all that to say this, is that when we go through this crisis, just wait for the blessing. I don't know if there's going to be a blessing at the end. There's always a blessing at the end. There's always a blessing at the end. Well, I don't know about that. Hey, look, do you have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? You're blessed. You're blessed. Well, I, I, no, 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 no. Sometimes we just need to shut our, uh, shut our faces and sh- just shut it down and, and be quiet and just see the salvation of God and see the blessings that he's giving and just see what he's doing. Be still and know he is God. Sometimes we just got to do that. She charged God foolishly, but in the end, God said, I'm going to show you something amazing.
And it's amazing to see in this whole, uh, if you will, account of what Job, the book of Job is about. Every single person that was in there received a blessing. Job's three friends, they got blessed because Job prayed for them and God received them again. You, you have the situation where Job was obviously blessed. You see Elihu, he gets blessed by getting the whole account, including what uh, what went on to start this whole thing. And And then you see his wife here, one of the other people that's included. She gets an amazing blessing. An amazing blessing. She gets ten wonderful children, three beautiful daughters. Did she deserve it? Did she have issues with God? Did she fail in the crisis? But she still received a blessing from God. I think in the end, I think she's probably pretty glad she didn't die. I think she's probably pretty glad that Job didn't die. And I think in the end, her integrity returned. One moment of receiving, you know, some difficult times in her life, one moment. And that's all that's recorded about her. Other than we can read through and we can see right here in, in, in what's going on. She got part of the blessing again. Look, brother and sister in Christ, I don't know what's uh, going on in your life. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I get some prayer requests and I get some things that are going on and people have some difficult times. Um, young Gabriel that usually sits up here. Um, I got a message while I was sitting in the emergency room the other day that uh, his grandmother had passed, and it's devastating for his family. They're not saved. Gabriel is. Praise the Lord. Pray that he gets opportunity to tell them. Pray that he gets opportunity to show something different to these people. He's got people coming from all over the place to pay their respects. Now he has opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ. That there's hope. There's more than just this life. There's life after. And the eternal life that God gives so freely, that this that gift that all we have to do is receive, praise God for it. I don't know what you're going through. I may have a little bit of an inkling. But I don't think I know what's going on in your deepest, darkest recesses of your heart. Sometimes I don't think we even know that. And I don't think she was ever prepared to have this come out of her mouth. But I know this. Our God is, a, is, is, is so good to us. It's such a blessing. When the crisis comes... Focus on what the Lord will do. Don't focus on the moment. Don't focus on how bad you feel. 
Don't focus on the depression, the discouragement, and the doubt. Do exactly what Job did. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lift up His name in praise. Lift up His name to glorify Him. Give Him the the praise that's worthy of His name and what He's done for us. A woman in crisis makes a mistake, but God blesses her. And praise the Lord for that. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I thank You for the time. Thank You, Lord, for giving us this uh, message from Your Word and how You teach us. And give us this idea and this concept that we can still see the blessings. And while we may not see them right now, Lord, we know that uh, You are the great God, that uh, You are good, You are merciful, You are gracious, You are loving, and You are kind, merciful unto us. And Lord, I pray that when we go through the difficult times that we'll keep that in mind. That will clearly say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you again, Lord, for just all that you've done for us. Pray, Lord, that we'd take these thoughts and we'd meditate upon them. We'd think about it, contemplate it, and look at our lives. Are they pleasing and honoring unto you? And Lord, I pray that the things of doubt and discouragement wouldn't drag us down. But Lord, we would have that hope and that trust that remains in you our integrity, and what we stand upon. And I ask and pray this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.